Welcome back to the Teen Challenger Southern California podcast. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know about a 24-7 prayer and help referral line that Teen Challenger Southern California just launched. No matter what your need is, if you're anxious or worried or stressed, you can call anytime, any day, and a Teen Challenge staff member is there to pray with you. The number is 888-520-0620. Once again, that number is 888-520-0620. We're so glad that you've chosen our podcast today. We know that there's thousands of podcasts that you could be listening to, and you've chosen to listen to ours, and we thank you for that. Up next in this series are the brand new sessions, fresh off the press from our very first Spiritual Emphasis Online. Normally, this is an event that Teen Challenger Southern California hosts yearly at our headquarters in Riverside, where all of our staff and students gather under a tent for three or four days of powerful worship and teaching. But because of what's going on in our world right now, we decided to take the event online and make it a completely virtual event. And what a week it was. We invited the Teen Challenge Centers from around the globe to participate with us. And it was just such a spirit-filled, powerful, life-changing week. We had messages from Don Wilkerson, Jim Cimbala, Nikki Cruz, Gary Wilkerson, and many, many more. Lives were changed forever. Next up, we have one of our very own Teen Challenge alumni, Pastor Walter Colas. Pastor Walter oversees a multi-site church in the Imperial Valley, Christ Community Church. Give it up for him today. One last thing, if you're blessed by these podcasts, Don't be shy to tell your friends and family about them. We encourage you to do so. As you listen to these sessions, our prayer is that you would sense God's presence, that you would hear his voice. And most of all, we hope that you're encouraged in the Lord today through these podcasts. Remember to subscribe today to our podcast if you haven't already done it. Be encouraged today. I wanna greet all my Teen Challenge family, not just in Southern California, but across this country and even across the world if you're listening today. I come at a time with, to you with great suffering and pain in our world today. Uh, we have been devastated by the coronavirus. The economy has come to just about a standstill as unemployment has exceeded 23%. And even where I live in Southern California, the unemployment rate is almost at 30%. Uh, people that we know have died and People that we cherish are sick with the coronavirus right now. Churches are not able to gather at full capacity. And life has changed. Life has changed. People have been quarantined into their own homes and they're not allowed to interact with their their normal social circles. And not only have we been hit with uh, coronavirus, but we saw this past weekend our country riddled with uh, mobs that have gathered and become out of control because of a African-American man named George Floyd who was unjustly uh, killed at the hands of four police officers. Protesters had gathered and then all of a sudden the crowds had got out of control. We saw businesses burn, we saw buildings burn. Uh, Two banks near us had burned to the ground. And uh, there's a lot of anger, there's a lot of frustration, there's a lot of looting going on, a lot of damage to, to businesses. And so we're living in turbulent times and I am so thankful for Acts chapter 10 verse 36. It says, as for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. 
And so the theme of our spiritual emphasis this year couldn't be more appropriate for the times that we're living in. He is Lord of all. Now the skeptics and the unbelievers are going to say, where is Jesus at a time like this? You say He's Lord of all. Everything's out of control. People are losing their lives. They're losing their livelihoods. And you're going to tell us that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Well, I like the way a friend of mine who has taught Bible prophecy for over 40 years, he said it this way, the world isn't falling to pieces. The pieces of the world are falling into place. God's throne is fixed permanently in the heavens. And I have to agree with him on that. All the pieces to the puzzle are starting to fall into place. Now, when we say Jesus Christ is Lord of all, The term Lord or the title Lord means somebody who has authority, power, or control over others. The Word of God teaches that Jesus Christ is not just Lord over a certain few or even His church. He is Lord over all. I like what the missionary uh, Hudson Taylor said. He, He was a missionary to China, lived in the 1800s, and he made this statement. He said, Jesus Christ is either Lord of all or He's not Lord at all. You have to determine that in your hearts today. We have to determine that, that in the midst of all the trials and turbulent times that we're living in, the the, the most difficult times, the most devastating times, uh, at least in my lifetime that I've ever seen, that we must determine in our hearts that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Consider what Jesus is Lord of. First of all, Jesus Christ is Lord of all humanity. There's different opinions of who Jesus was when He walked this earth. People have said that uh, Jesus was a great teacher. Some said He was a, a prophet. Even when Jesus asked His own disciples, who do men say that I am? They answered to say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. Others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Different religions will teach that Jesus was a different person that He wasn't God in the flesh, as Colossians says, that in Him the Godhead dwells. In Jesus the Godhead dwells. The fullness of the Godhead dwells in Jesus Christ. And so where religions will say that He was a great teacher, taught great principles in life, um, uh, Islam will teach that Jesus was a prophet. But that's not what the Bible declares him to be. And after Jesus asked his own disciples that question, he turns to them again. He says, who do you say that I am? And it was Peter who said, you are the son of God. You are the anointed one. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. You're the anointed one of God. And so after he asked that question and his his disciples make that declaration today, we still say that Jesus is the Christ. He is the anointed one that was sent by God. He is not a prophet. He is not a teacher. He is the Son of the living God. C.S. Lewis was one of the great thinkers of the 20th century. And he made this statement. He said that Jesus Christ is either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. In other words, he went around and what he taught, he was lying uh, when he proclaimed himself to be uh, the Messiah that, that, and through his miracles and his teachings that it was just a big hoax. Or he was a lunatic. He, he, he was somebody who was out of his mind. He had lost his marbles and he was just going around uh, acting like he was the Messiah. 
It has a Messiah complex as some would, would term it. Some people go to Israel today and when they get to Israel, they, they're overwhelmed with emotions and they, they deem themselves to be the Messiah. It's called the Messiah complex. But either that or He was Lord. Either that or He was Lord. And you've got to come to one of those three conclusions. C.S. Lewis also said, a man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on a level with the man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God, just as Thomas did. We need to understand that when we say Jesus is Lord of all, He is Lord of all humanity. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 9-11, to the Apostle Paul wrote these words, Therefore God has highly exalted Him and bestowed on Him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We have the option of either bowing to Jesus as Lord in this life as Savior, or we will bow to Him at judgment as the ultimate judge. We can't be down the middle road. He is either Lord of all or He's not Lord at all. Not only is Jesus Lord of humanity, but Jesus is also Lord of the heavenlies. And this gets me excited because we understand that we're in a spiritual warfare. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 20 to 21, it says that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Jesus has all authority and all power in the heavenly places. He is Lord in the heavenlies. He is not just Lord of the seen, but He is also Lord of the unseen too. The heavenlies is the unseen where the real war takes place. I think you know by now that we're in a spiritual battle, that our, our, our battle is not with flesh and blood. Our, our battle is against Satan. It's against his demonic entourage. He's against, it is against the forces of evil. And when I see where the country is at, at a time like this, and I see protests taking place, and people who are made in the image of God ridiculing, mocking, and even hurting others who are made in the image of God, I have to understand that the real battle is not with them. The real battle is in the heavenly places. The real battle is not with flesh and blood. It's with the powers and authorities. It's in the, with the dark rulers of this age. It is against Satan and his demons. The good news that comes with Jesus being Lord of the heavenlies means that we can win the battle in the spiritual world. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, it says, And He raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Not only was Jesus seated at the right hand in the heavenly places, which means that He has all power and authority, but we were also seated with Him in the heavenly places as well. Many of you are sitting there today and you've seen your, your dreams destroyed. You've, you've seen your ambitions just deflate like a balloon. That 
in the midst of your drug addiction, in your alcohol abuse, that you saw everything around you collapse. Your life was destroyed. As Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and life abundantly. You're probably like me when I tried to get free of my addictions and my bondage and break the chains. And it doesn't just have to be confined to drugs and alcohol. It can be lust. It can be greed. There's so many wicked things in the dark corners of our hearts that we try and break, that we try and do on our own, and we can't do it on our own strength. And uh, we feel like we don't have the power to do it. And if we just get the right ticket, if we just have the right formula that we can break free. But it's only when we come to that realization that our enemy is much greater than ourselves. Our enemy is Satan. Somebody who is warring at our souls. That he is, all, he is more powerful than we. He is a greater foe than we could ever anticipate. He and the, the demonic world are continually harassing us, tempting us, trying to, 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 to drag our souls to hell. And it's when we come to that point where we're powerless and we understand that, that, that we have no hope outside of Christ, that we then are seated in the heavenly places with Him. We can do warfare the way we were meant to do warfare. We don't do war against flesh and blood, but as I say, we make war on the floor. We get on our knees, we, we get on our faces, and we cry, cry out to the, the living God. And we understand that our power is not in us, it's within us through Christ. Through Christ. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 12, we see, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places, in the heavenly places. Friends, we have been seated in the heavenly places with Christ. We can now conquer uh, those enemies. We can now walk in victory. We don't have to walk in defeat. And our failures and dreams are restored and they're renewed in the power of Jesus Christ because now we have a partner who's greater than Satan. We have somebody who lives in us, Christ in us. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can walk in the power of victory. We can walk in, in His power today. So I don't know about you, but I am so glad that Jesus is not just Lord of humanity, but He's Lord of the heavenlies too, seated at the right hand, and we have been seated with Him. And not only is He Lord of the heavenlies, but He's also Lord of the harvest. Jesus Christ is Lord of the harvest. We see in Matthew chapter 9, verses 37 to 38, says, then he, Jesus, said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. The harvest that Jesus Christ is talking about is the harvest of souls. It is, it, it's not fruits and vegetables. It's, it's the harvest of souls. Nothing can stop the harvest that the Lord started on the day of Pentecost. Day of Pentecost, people would bring their first fruits before the Lord and wave them before the Lord. And it was a thanksgiving of, 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 of uh, the crops that would come in. 
And it was on the day of Pentecost that the Lord uh, poured out the Holy Spirit. That as Jesus ascended to heaven, the Holy Spirit also descended upon His people. And the church was birthed that day. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's what the church has celebrated yesterday on the day of Pentecost. It's not just a day on the calendar of the church. It's another celebration. But it's pointing back to what happened in Acts chapter 2 when the Lord said to wait until you receive power upon high so that you can be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, uh, Samaria, and the, utter, the ends of the earth, that, that we needed that power, that we needed that power to be His witnesses. And that's what God needs today. The Lord of the harvest needs His witnesses out there. And it only comes through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. There are souls that need to be harvested. You know, I live in the Imperial Valley, and one of the main industries in the Imperial Valley is uh, the weed industry. They grow um, not only fruits and vegetables and uh, cauliflower, lettuce, cantaloupes, uh, just about any fruit and vegetable you can think of, but also they grow uh, alfalfa, they grow wheat in the valley. And, and when wheat harvest comes, there's these huge tractors called combines and they pull into a field and they have a front reel, a, a giant reel on them with blades and they just go through the wheat field and they harvest the, um, the wheat. And Teen Challenge is that. Teen Challenge is a harvesting machine that we have been trained to bring forth uh, the Word of God to wherever God plants us. We've been trained in Teen Challenge to preach the Gospel no matter where God plants us. That's what I love about what Mike Conway has done with the Teen Challenge alumni. Uh, he has Zoom calls every, every Saturday. I want to encourage you, if you're a Teen Challenge alumni, to join us on those, those calls. Every Saturday morning at 10 a.m., people chime in, not just in Southern California, but from all over the country that have gone through Teen Challenge. And it's encouraging to me to see what different people are doing. They're in all kinds of different fields. There, there's just not some that are pastoring or in ministry full-time, but there's others working in the medical uh, field. They're, they're working in the healthcare industry. They're working secular jobs. And at this time, they're a light in those places, especially at a time like this where the pandemic has been so severe. They've been able to point others to Jesus Christ. See, Jesus is Lord of the harvest. It doesn't matter how bad things get or how bleak things look. Jesus Christ is still harvesting souls. He is the Lord of the harvest. And we need to honor those words to pray that God, that, that He would send um, uh, labors into the harvest. He said the, the harvest is plentiful. The labors are few. But He is the Lord of the harvest. I think of a place like Iran right now. Iran uh, has outlawed Christianity. It's always been outlawed as far as I know. And uh, right now, if you're the leader of a Christian movement, you are arrested, and many of the leaders are, are receiving long prison sentences just for leading the Christian church. And so there it's not, you're, you're not allowed to preach openly. You're not allowed to gather legally as a Christian church. But do you realize that Iran is one of the fastest growing churches in the world today? Literally thousands of people are coming to the Lord every day. Why? Because He's Lord of the harvest. Even the COVID-19 pandemic can't stop 
the Lord of the harvest from harvesting. I saw a meme, a meme posted the other day, uh, and it was, a, uh, it was on Instagram, and it was a cartoon, little cartoon, and it showed uh, Satan talking to God, and, and he's laughing and saying, ha ha, I shut down all your churches, and God says to him, no you didn't, I started a church in every house, and we're seeing that right now, even though on Sunday mornings we're not even able really to gather in our own sanctuary because of the limit on seating, but people have planted churches in their own, their own homes. They're watching church in their living rooms, they're praying together, they're hearing God's word together, and we're getting all kinds of testimonies of what God is doing at that time. We have a Filipino uh, life group. Uh, that gathers, we have life groups that gather uh, during the week and, and they gather, they, they pray together, they do Bible study together and uh, we have a, a Filipino uh, life group. Uh, they're all from the Philippines except one and that's because a, a Filipino lady from the Philippines had married a guy from the United States and he's the only white guy in the Filipino life group uh, but he was sharing with me the testimony of what happened when COVID-19 hit. He said, prior to COVID-19 coming, we were meeting every other week uh, as a group in person. But since COVID-19 hit, we're now meeting every Friday night with Zoom. And now we've extended the Bible studies to our family in the Philippines. Uh, some of them are coming to Christ and they're now joining uh, their life group by Zoom. And there's another Filipino lady who does business in Europe. And she is now uh, bringing the gospel to many people in Europe that she interacts with. Uh, the Filipino group had started what, what was called the um, Evangelistic Project. And they were trained in sharing their faith and they built up a confidence because the Lord of the harvest is still going to harvest souls even at this time. Um, a lady called in one day. She called my office and she was just crying and weeping. And she had explained that she has three children. The oldest is 18. The youngest, I think, is about five or six years old. And she was just weeping on the phone. And uh, as I talked to her, she explained to me that she had been watching our services online and she committed her life to Jesus Christ. And she told her husband that, look, I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm all in for Jesus. I'm in with both feet. Now she's downloading our curriculum on the, the website for Children's Church and she's going over the children's teachings with her children and God is moving and we're hearing testimonies like that everywhere. Why? Because Jesus is the Lord of the harvest. So Jesus said in Matthew 28, he told his disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus isn't just Lord of humanity. He's not just Lord of the heavenlies. And he's not just Lord of the harvest, but he is also Lord of history. I've heard it said before, and you probably have heard it said before, that history is his story. All of history is bound up in the person of Jesus Christ. And I believe that God is in absolute control according to what his word says. Even though we look around us and we may see the world uh, disheveled or in disarray, uh, devastated in certain pockets of the world, and people can question, uh, where is God? Where is God in all of this? 
Well, he's in all of it. He's in all of it. He's not lost control because the Word of God tells us that He is in control of all of history. In Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 27, the prophet says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? And I think we lean on that scripture at times in our life where we're going through circumstances that are way beyond us. We know that nothing is too difficult for the Lord. Nothing's too hard for the Lord. In Isaiah chapter 14, verses 24 to 27, it says, The Lord of hosts has sworn, As I have planned, so shall it be, and as I have purposed, so shall it stand, that I will break the Assyrian in my land, and on my mountains trample him underfoot, and his yoke shall depart from them, and his burden from their shoulder. This is the purpose that is purposed concerning the whole earth, and this is the hand that is stretched out over all nations. For the Lord of hosts has purposed, and who will annul it? His hand is stretched out, and who will turn it back? Listen to me, friends, that Jesus is Lord of history. It's in times like this where we see glimpses of God's glory more than any other time. It's not that... Jesus is out of control. It's that He's working in the midst of a sinful and fallen world. And He's saving souls. This means that whatever comes our way in this world, He's not surprised. He's not shocked by. I think the pandemic, COVID-19, came on us so quickly that, that, that people were taken back. Everything shut down. Air travel shut down overnight. I, uh, people were losing their jobs overnight. Businesses stopped. Businesses went bankrupt overnight. And it took us by surprise, but it never took the Lord by surprise. When they say, where is God in all of this? We can see God's fingerprints everywhere. His people have not failed during this time. His people are, are, are proclaiming the truth of Scripture. His people are standing in the gap right now. They're interceding. They're praying for people. People are coming into the kingdom. When things look out of control from an earthly perspective, it's a very different view from heaven. Uh, we can point to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ in something like this from, from an earthly perspective. It looks like the crucifixion of Jesus Christ was an out-of-control mob scene that took place. I mean, you had religious leaders that, that made a decision to, to, to railroad Jesus through six trials. You, you had a Roman governor who gave in to peer pressure, gave the thumbs up to, to crucify him. You had Roman soldiers that beat him and, and, and whipped him, and he bled and he was given a crown of thorns. And then he was nailed to a cross and people stood around that cross and they ridiculed him, they mocked him. They spit on Him. And, and from our perspective, an earthly perspective, it may have looked like, if we were there at that time, an out-of-control situation. But from God's perspective, it was happening all according to His plans. For in Acts chapter 4, verses 27 to 28, says, For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. What looks like a tragic situation, God brings beauty out of those ashes. 
what looks like a pile of rubble. God builds a, build, uh, a beautiful building out of that. And we're seeing that even today. Teen Challenge, family, God didn't save us when the circumstances were great in our lives. When I walked through those doors of Teen Challenge, I was one step from being homeless. Everything in my life was out of control. And you know what? Everyone I went through Teen Challenge with said the same thing. They were either facing prison time, homeless, or their life was totally out of control due to drugs and alcohol. They had lost all senses. They, 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 had, they, they quit functioning uh, during that time. And when I asked people what brought them to Teen Challenge, none of them said, oh, life was great. None of them said that, that, that my house was paid off and things were great and I had this retirement plan, a great nest egg, a savings account. I'm receiving all this income every month and I was just swinging in a hammock in my backyard one day and I thought, oh, gee, I think I'll go to Teen Challenge. No, it didn't happen that way. The circumstances were out of control in our life. Things didn't look good. We were on the brink of death. And it was then that, that Jesus intervened. Why? Because He's in control. Why? Because He's in control of all history. Your name was in the Lamb's book of life before the foundations of the world. It didn't surprise God when we came to Christ. It didn't surprise Jesus when we called on His name one day. Because that's how God is. In a fallen, sinful world where things can look so bleak, God shines the brightest. In the middle of a pandemic and, and riots taking place or mob scenes taking place where businesses are being burned and, and, and people are losing their livelihoods, God is shining bright right now. He's the Lord of the harvest. He's bringing people to Him. And during this time, in the midst of circumstances in your own life, He's going to bring some of your moms and dads to the Lord. He's going to bring some of your sisters and brothers to the Lord. He's going to bring some of your cousins and some of your friends and some of your co-workers to the Lord because you've been praying for Him. And because Jesus is Lord of all. He really is in control. And we need to hear that today. We need to see that today, friends. Romans chapter 10, verse 12 says, For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing His riches on all who call on Him. Call on the Lord today if you haven't done so. Bow your knee to Him in this life, friends. He is calling your name today. He wants to bless you. He wants to shower you with His riches and we've seen that. We've seen that as we've called on the name of the Lord. We found out that our dreams weren't destroyed. Our hope and our future wasn't taken away. That the thief didn't steal all that. He brought restoration. He brought renewal to our lives. He restored our most important relationships. He restored marriages and families. Because He's Lord of all. He's Lord of all. God bless you, Teen Challenge family. I love you. We pray for you. I thank God I walked through those doors on June 18, 1991 and made Jesus Lord of my life. But it wasn't long after that that I found out He was Lord of all. So Jesus Christ is Lord of all, even in the turbulent times. You know, friends, I used to be afraid to fly. 
I was one of those white knuckler flyers, and man, if we ever hit turbulence, I, I, was, I was all shook up. I didn't know what to do. I, I, my heart felt like it was going to give out. We're 30,000 feet in the air, and we're, we're bouncing all over the place. And then one day, a guy told me something. He said, you know, airplanes are built for turbulence. When they design planes, they don't design them just to fly in smooth weather. When designers design airplanes, when they design those commercial jets, they're designing it with turbulence in mind. And they're designed to endure through that turbulence. And, and that's what Teen Challenge does. It builds people who are designed to endure through turbulent times, that we can fly through these turbulent times and we can know that our pilot is Jesus Christ, that He's the one steering the way. We're not just in a storm at times, friends, but the Lord of all is in the storm with us. So God bless you, Teen Challenge family. I love you. I thank God for the day I walked through those doors on June 18, 1991 and made Jesus Christ Lord of my life. He took over the plane before it crashed totally. But then I also found out He was Lord of all. And we need to hear that now, friends. He is Lord of all. It's the greatest hope you and I can have. He is Lord of all. God bless you. Thanks for choosing the Teen Challenge of Southern California podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, do it today. It's easy. Go to wherever you get your podcasts, click on our icon, and hit subscribe. A new podcast filled with godly encouragement, spiritual instruction, and teaching comes out every week. God bless you today.